0: Good morning and welcome to the Bible Broadcast. I'm Mark Lindley, preacher of the Chapman Church of Christ. I'm very glad you're in the listening audience this morning. I hope the things taught on this program will be helpful to you. Before getting into the study, I would like to invite you to our services at Chapman. We meet each Sunday morning for Bible study at 10 o'clock. Our regular worship hour begins at 1045. Then we have another period of worship each Sunday afternoon at 2 o'clock. We also meet each Wednesday evening at 7 o'clock for a midweek Bible study. We would be honored for you to visit any of our services. We cordially invite you to come and be with us any opportunity you have. Thank you so much for listening to the program this morning. I'd like to begin the study by reading 1 Timothy 4, 6 through 9. 1 Timothy 4, verses 6 through 9. If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine, whereunto thou hast attained. But refuse profane and old wives' fables and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. For bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is, and of that which is to come. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. In this passage we have a reference to physical exercise, In verse 8, Scripture says, For bodily exercise profiteth little. The ancient Greeks were people known for training and rigorous exercise. In fact, our word gymnasium has Greek origins. The gymnasium of the Greeks is where athletes would train for athletic competitions. Perhaps this background is one reason the Apostle Paul frequently referred to athletic competitions in his writings. For example, in 2 Timothy 4 and verse 7, the Bible says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Fought a good fight. Boxing was one athletic competition of the ancient Greeks. And then Paul writes, I have finished my course. Running, racing was also an athletic competition of that day and culture. In this passage, 1 Timothy 4, 6 through 9, we have this reference to physical exercise, and we also have a reference to spiritual exercise. The Apostle Paul, in this reading, is encouraging Timothy, Paul's son in the faith, to get plenty of exercise. And in particular, Paul was concerned about spiritual exercise. I want to raise the question today, are you getting enough exercise? Let's think together about the need for spiritual exercise as we analyze 1 Timothy 4, 6-9. Consider in the first place, this passage teaches the need for bodily exercise. While the primary emphasis is on spiritual exercise, Paul does emphasize bodily exercise. Notice again in verse 8, the Bible says, "...for bodily exercise profiteth little." When Paul writes bodily exercise profits little, he is not discouraging bodily exercise. He is not saying that exercise is a waste of one's time. To the contrary, it profits. He writes bodily exercise profiteth, so it does profit. The profit may be little when compared to spiritual exercise, but it still profits, doesn't it? We should be concerned about the well-being of our bodies. And one reason we should be concerned about our bodies and health is that our bodies belong to the Lord. In 1 Corinthians 6, beginning at verse 19, the Bible says, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own, for ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Our bodies belong to God, and we have the responsibility to glorify God in our bodies. But that would not be possible if we didn't take care of our bodies. And since we are stewards of our bodies, they actually belong to God, then we should take care of our bodies. We only have one in this life, and it belongs to the Lord, and we are to glorify God in it, so we should be concerned about our health, and we should take care of our bodies. Well, Exercise is one thing that will help us to maintain health. One uh, Exercise is one thing that will help us to protect our bodies. Here are just a few of the great benefits in bodily exercise. It is established that bodily exercise improves memory and brain function. Secondly, it protects against many chronic diseases. It aids in weight management. It can lower one's blood pressure and improve heart health. It improves the quality of one's sleep. Bodily exercise can reduce feelings of anxiety and depression. Exercise helps maintain muscle strength and balance. It increases lifespan, and on and on the list of benefits go. And so bodily exercise is needful. It does profit. But now on to consider in the second place this passage teaches the need for exercise unto godliness. In verse 8, Or rather, in verse 7, the Bible says, But refuse profane and old wives' fables, and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. Exercise thyself unto godliness. What is godliness? In order to exercise oneself unto godliness, one must first know what godliness is. That term, godliness, means to be devout. It denotes the piety which, characterized by a Godward attitude, does that which is well-pleasing to God. A simple definition of godliness is God-likeness. Striving to be what God is, striving to emulate His perfect attributes. A godly person is concerned with the things of God has a deep respect and reverential awe for things spiritual and sacred. A godly person focuses on the spiritual rather than on the secular. And a godly person strives to be more like God. Godliness. Well, Paul encourages here to exercise unto godliness. That term exercise is found here and also in other passages of the New Testament. For example, in Hebrews 5, verse 14, the Bible says, But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. We read in this text about exercising one's senses and by doing so, one will be able to better determine between good and evil. So we need to exercise the inner man, the spiritual part of man. In 2 Peter 2 verse 14, we find another use of the term exercise or exercised The Bible says, "...having eyes full of adultery, and that cannot cease from sin, beguiling unstable souls, and heart they have exercised with covetous practices." In this passage, the Apostle Peter is referring to false teachers and some of their attributes or qualities. He says that they have a heart that is exercised with covetous practices. And so... We learn from these two passages Hebrews 5:14 and 2nd 2 Peter 2:14 2, that we can exercise unto godliness or we can exercise unto ungodliness. But in this text of course we're encouraged to exercise ourselves unto godliness to strive to be what God is to be holy, and sanctified. We can engage in spiritual exercise by prayer, by practicing holiness and sanctification, by studying the Scriptures and having personal time of devotion, by worshiping the Lord and doing so on a regular basis as instructed in Scripture. These are some of the ways that we exercise ourselves unto godliness. There are some great benefits of godly exercise. Paul makes that clear in this text, 1 Timothy 4 and verse 8, For bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is, and of that which is to come. When we exercise ourselves unto godliness, we are in the best position spiritually to enjoy this life. Christianity is not only focused on that life which is to come. Christianity pertains to this life also. The Lord is, came and made it possible for us to enjoy the abundant life. John 10, verse 10. And those who are faithful children of God make the best citizens, the best employees and employers. Those who follow godly principles are those who have stronger homes and families. Those who strive to emulate the characteristics of God are those who make the best fathers and mothers. And those who practice godliness, they are those who make the greatest nations. And one reason America has been such a great country is that it was founded upon principles of godliness. And so... There are many benefits of exercising ourselves unto godliness, but the ultimate benefit has to do with the promise of life to come. Again, in verse 8, Paul writes that exercising ourselves unto godliness has promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. It just gets better and better for the one who practices godliness. One who practices godliness will enjoy a good life in the here and now, but ultimately that individual will enjoy eternal life. In the sixth chapter of 1 Timothy and verse 12, Paul writes further about eternal life. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession among many witnesses. Lay hold on eternal life. That's what Paul encourages. We must lay hold on it. We must seize eternal life because it is possible to forfeit eternal life. It is possible to fail to exercise unto godliness. And to forfeit one's salvation. In Galatians chapter 6, verses 8 and 9, the Bible says, Let us not be weary in well doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Do not become weary. Don't stop running the Christian race. Keep on striving to exercise yourself unto godliness, and ultimately you will reap life everlasting. This life is brief. The Bible says in James 4 and verse 14, For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time, and then vanisheth away. Since life is so brief upon this earth, we must prepare for the life which is to come. And we do this by exercising ourselves unto godliness. Each one should ask himself or herself, Am I exercising myself unto godliness? Physical exercise is necessary for one's physical well-being, and godliness, exercising oneself unto godliness, is necessary to maintain one's spiritual well-being. We're out of time for today. Thank you for listening to this program. This program is brought to you each Sunday morning by the Chapman Church of Christ. If you have Bible questions or comments, or if you'd like to have a free audio copy of today's lesson, please contact us. You can write to us at Chapman Church of Christ, 250 County Road 550, Ripley, Mississippi, 38663. You can reach us by phone at area code 662-837-7012. You can find us online at chapmanchurch.com. Also, look for us on Facebook and YouTube. Please tune in next Sunday for another message from God's Word.